Please do be seated. All God's creatures. Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. As with a worshipful heart, we reflect on your amazing kindness to us and all creatures, including cats, on this beautiful gem of a planet. Amen. Good morning, everyone. And thank you, Jane, for your beautiful reading. Well, as a child, I loved Harvest Festival. Isn't it amazing to be surrounded by good stuff? Um, it coincided with the nights drawing in, and even Christmas, I'm afraid to say, isn't very far away now. Um, I really remember Harvest Festivals, their services, both at school and at church as a child. They were big events. I remember carrying cans of baked beans or cereal or even once, for some reason, as a little child, I remember taking this particularly humongous turnip. And it's strange what sticks in your mind, isn't it? So here, as this Sunday, we're thinking of harvest, of God's amazing provision for his planet. So it's right, at least at this time of year, to pause and reflect. And as we do, maybe quite rightly, our minds and our spirits might turn to those issues in our world this year that continue to make life tough across the planet for so many. The COVID epidemic that swept across this beautiful planet, the record high temperatures causing droughts in some places and violent storms in others. And this September starkly being the warmest September the globe has ever seen. So as we turn to this psalm, we can quite justifiably come to it, maybe with a heavy heart. And yet I think God ordained for us to have these songs of praise for moments like this in history, just as much as when historical things looked a little bit rosier. To help us this morning, as Annalise already said, I've printed off the whole passage. And this you'll find uh, in your order of services given to you as you came in. The bold sections are the sections that Jane just read out. But to be honest, I would have loved to have read the whole lot. But I think the, our, all our dinners would be burnt to a crisp when we got home. If you would like to see, the, see that psalm in context, there are always Bibles that you can pick up on your way in as well. Now, this psalm starts and finishes with the emphatic declaration, praise the Lord, my soul, praise the Lord, at the beginning and end. These bookmarks are setting the tone for the whole of this psalm and actually have so much to teach us just in these two verses at the start and end of this treaty and rationale for praise. I'd love to have all my days start and end with this sentiment. Lord, today as I start the day, I choose to praise you. And then maybe at the end, Lord, thank you, I chose to praise you and see today through the eyes of praise. But this is not some, nonsense, some senseless, non-intellectual praise. 
praising him is not blind faith. For me as a mathematician and a scientist, praise is a purely a thought out response logically to observing his goodness. And this, the psalmist, this is the psalmist's approach too. He starts by reminding himself and us just who God is. In verse 2, and these are the words that inspired Robert Grant also to write his hymn that we sang at the beginning. The Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent and lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. He makes winds his messenger, flames of fire his servants. This is his world. He is firmly in charge. Notice those verses that I've just read out. They're all in the present tense. He is not some absent creator God. He didn't create the universe and then leave it to us, his creatures. He continues to be very much present. Present and intensely and deliberately caring for his creation. And this is where, after reflecting on the acts of the great flood, the keen eye of the psalmist now turns in verse 10 to this intricate care of not just humankind, but all kind, whether they have anything to do with man or not. God provides water for the wild donkeys in verse 11. And then in verse 17, fir trees for the storks to nest in. And then in verse 18, high mountains for the wild goats that, and that also provide refuge for the hyrax. A hyrax, we think, is something like a marmot. There's also a beautiful verse in verse 26, which at first sight looks quite complex. Let's look at that because I think it's well worth it. There the ships go to and fro. Now, Leviathan, I have terrible problems with that word, Leviathan, which you formed to frolic there. Now, the Hebrew word Leviathan was a collective word for all the great large fish or whales. So it's the big, giant, scary fish of the sea. So as the ships go backwards and forwards, often hidden from view from them, the whales were frolicking in the sea. And that sea that God made for their pleasure. There's also something else in that phrase. If we look carefully, it says, which you, God, formed to frolic there. There's an ambiguity there, which is beautiful. Yes, God made it for the whales to frolic in, but the ambiguity is God was with them frolicking. We follow a God who's a God of pleasure, a God who doesn't just stand back, but is intimately involved in our, our world. I love the idea that God is a God of play, a God of frolic. Even that word, isn't that such a beautiful word? It's so full of pleasure. We follow a God who laughs, frolics, smiles. Jesus said, I come that your joy may be complete. Don't we often, friends, make joy so serious? God the creator knows us and smiles, and brings us joy that can be so deep and inward at, and at our very core. But it should bubble up to a zest for life, 
a zest that shows itself in laughter, or laughter if you live south of Watford Gap, and a huge smile. There, we got a smile. Once when I was, um, as a family, we went to visit Yosemite in California, and Rob, my son, turned to me with a huge grin on his face. He was seven at the time, and said, Dad, this is advanced awesome. That awe that Rob had as a seven-year-old, looking at that huge piece of rock, El Capitan, he felt, and he summed up this completely, the awe he felt naturally surfaced in that huge grin on such a little face. And that's the essence of this psalm. He has done so much, God has done so much to create this beautiful, precious planet, not just for humankind, but for all creatures. Then we have those beautiful verses in the middle of our psalm that Jane read out that is bold in your passage. He makes grass grow for the cattle. He plants for people to cultivate and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food to, from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine and bread that sustains their hearts. Now, this could be your shopping list for Waitrose. It looks very much like mine with a few other items. But what better verses that there are, could be for Harvest Festival? He cares for and connects with us in such a fundamental way, not just about survival. Notice those things aren't so that you don't go hungry. These are things that your joy will be complete. He connects with our joy, our heart, Happiness, not just our stomach. God did not do the minimum work in his creation for us to survive, but created a planet, a universe that goes way beyond, where beauty and deliciousness abounds, far beyond what is required. I come that your joy may be complete. All we have comes from him. And he lavishes us with blessings on us. We have been reminded in this psalm that this is not just, he doesn't just lavish on just us humans, but on all his creatures. He has so much love to give. All rely on him for everything. Because of this, we are creatures too. He made this beautiful, precious planet for us to live in harmony with the others he created. This psalm is a picture of the world living in harmony, a world where God cares for all and frolics with his creatures, which must lead us to the reality of the world we talked about at the beginning of my talk. Stunningly beautiful, this planet, yes, but as we just remembered, through our own action, the world is suffering through our human actions. I've brought this water bottle in just as an illustration, and I know this has been used before. Um, this pattern here, hopefully, apologies for anybody who's colorblind, is basically the summing up of how hot or cold this each year has been over the last 150 years. A blue line goes, says it's been below average in that 150 years, and a red line way above average. This is 150 years ago, and this was last year. You can just see, even from where you are, that we've had a huge number of very hot years. And I know this is no news to you, but as Christians, I think we cannot ignore this. 
We need to pay attention to what is happening to the planet. So as population rises, as human society has become more industrial, as international travel has grown, as meat consumption has grown across the world, we are seeing more and more, year after year, hotter and hotter summers and winters. This psalm depicts a balance and a harmony where God cares for each planet, whether they're each person, each creature, whether they're human or not. Genesis 1 teaches us that we, out of all the creatures, have a special responsibility among the others. God said specifically, let us make humankind in, one, in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So how have we done with that responsibility? It looks like we as humankind are actually doing pretty badly. Part of our worship, our response should be ingratitude and love for God to just care for his creation. So let's continue, friends, to love what God loves and in awe of his creation that he lavishes upon us. Let's seek to do our individual small bits to help. Every little thing we do does help. All the small actions add up to a big change, the more we all start to take steps to care for this planet, his planet. And let's, as Christians, lead that way. Let's close with a prayer inspired by the last five verses of our, of our psalm. Let us pray. May your glory, Lord, endure forever. May we rejoice in your works as we look at the beauty of your earth. May we do our part to honour your creation in how we behave and care for your creation. Lord, we will sing praises to you all our life. As long as we live, let us sing your praises. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord.